We're going to go to 2 Corinthians to start with today. That's where we started last week, and we didn't get very far. If you watched the sermon uh, online or if you were here, you saw the sermon outline from last week. Uh, we didn't get very far in it, and I don't know how far we'll get with it today, so don't become bogged down with trying to get through the sermon outline. We want to hear from the Lord, amen? And I believe that the Lord meets with me in our time of preparation as we study the Word and prepare but, uh, but I don't feel like I have to get it all out on one Sunday morning. The Lord just helps us and we can just share it as he leads us. I do think it's good for us to start in 2 Corinthians 1 again as we did last week. That would be uh, what I like to call like an anchor verse that we'll keep coming back to. And we've been working through this really a series title called God Shows Up. And, and challenging us, reminding us that God shows up in our lives daily. Uh, but specifically, our topic today is the challenge for us to rely on God. I wonder what you're relying on today or who you're relying on. You might consider that as we begin to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul says, We do not want you to, to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. And while we're not told exactly what they experienced, it was great, great affliction. In fact, the, the apostle writes, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Last week we prayed for those in our congregation who were struggling, maybe feeling so weighted down, so burdened down beyond your strength. We've all been in those places, and Paul was in that place. Let me just encourage you again today. When you come to the end of you, when you come to the end of yourself, God is there. When you come to the end of your strength, God is present. He's there. And so Paul sees that here. He says, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. And then he said, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. This was serious, what they were walking through and going through. But then he says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. If you're one who marks in your Bible or taking notes, you want to highlight that or mark that clearly in your Bible. Notice what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says that the affliction we experienced, it was great. It was terrible. Our strength was gone. We felt as though we had the sentence of death upon us. And he says, but God used it. God was teaching us. God was doing a work in us, teaching us to not rely on ourselves but to rely on the God who raises the dead, God who can do all things. And we talked about that last week. We spent a little bit of time, even some of us, repenting to the Lord for depending too much or relying too much on ourselves. Can that happen? Sure it can. I'm guilty of it. Perhaps you are as well. There's times where I rely too much on what I think I can do. And the Lord will allow things sometimes in our lives to bring us to a place where we realize what we have is not enough. And we must fully rely on God. He continues. He says he delivered us from a, such a deadly peril. And he will deliver us. The ongoing work of God for his people. And then he says on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Where is your hope set this morning? Who's your hope set on? He says on him we have set our hope. 
believing that he'll deliver us again and then he invites them to pray for them you also must help by, help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many so he's inviting them to celebrate the delivering deliverance that they've experienced the victories they've experienced but he's also asking them to help pray for them and I pray that this week the Lord has moved you and called you to a time of prayer for people in your sphere of influence how many of us know people in our sphere of influence that are hurting somebody in your friend or family members that's going through a tough time almost all of us do we know that there's people around us that are hurting and so Paul is saying pray for us in our time of need and that would be the prayer of your friends and family member their request would be asking you pray for me pray for me listen I see on social media sometimes people say send your good thoughts your good thoughts do nothing did you know that your good thoughts do nothing but prayer makes a difference prayer changes I, I see i see people say well you know if you're one to pray pray if you want to send good thoughts send good thoughts that does nothing for anybody good thoughts does nothing but prayer changes things and paul says pray for us and so we want to pray we don't want to just think about people we want to pray to the father in heaven who raises the dead the god who can do all things to him we cry out in our time of trouble and we call out to him for our friends and family members and people around us in their time of need now, before I get into some of this this morning, I want to just put you in mind a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how today, in our day that we live in, we must be sensitive to the voice of God. And I believe that more and more in our nation, in our world, in our communities, we must be tuned in to the voice of God. Now, some people say, well, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Get into his written word. That's how he speaks to us. But sometimes he'll speak to us in our spirit and it'll confirm maybe even something in the written word and it can help us. It can keep us. I mentioned a few weeks ago that, that I believe that we're coming into a time where we really need to hear from the Lord. And there may be times where God speaks to you so clearly or me and he'll say, turn on this road and go down this road. And we must be obedient to go when he tells us to go. Maybe, maybe he'll say, don't turn here or don't go down this road. And we don't understand it, but we're just trying to be obedient to what we're sensing in our heart, in our spirit. And when we're obedient like that, we may not know that it kept us from danger or maybe it may come to light that the Lord kept us from trouble. I don't know, but we need to learn to listen to his voice. I believe we're coming into a time where the Lord may say, go in here or stay out of there or, or join yourself with this group of people or get away from that group of people to keep us from trouble, to keep us from danger. I don't know, but I, I know we need to be tuned in to what God is doing and his voice in this present day that we're living in. I believe God wants to speak to his people more than we want to hear from him still today. God is speaking and God is watching over us as his children. He is our father. He's a, he's a mighty warrior watching over us, warring for us when we are in need. He's a protector, but he's also a gentle shepherd who is leading us and guiding us if we'll allow him to. Now, as we, as we talk about people in need, including ourselves, I just want to say, if you are, this is just something the Lord was speaking to my heart even this morning again. I thought about it earlier in the week. I believe the Lord is, is encouraging me to share this with you. It's not in your outline, but you might write it down. We share Romans 8.28 with people oftentimes to try to encourage them, to try to give them some kind of peace in their time of trouble. Romans 8.28 says that the Lord is working all things together for good. I see that on social media as well. And I hear people say, well, you know, they're just trying to help their friend, their family member, their coworker, whoever they go to school with. They'll say things like, hey, buddy, don't worry. God's working all things for your good. Well, let me just encourage you. That's not all the scripture says. 
And if you just stop there, let me tell you, in fact, I think we do some people a disservice. We're not helping them. Because that promise is not given to just everybody. It's given to God's children. And the Bible says that all things are working together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So all things are not working together for everybody's good. If you're doing your own thing, if, if somebody's living their own life, they've rejected God, they're living for themselves, they have no regard for God or his word, they just live for themselves and they're making dumb decisions, do not tell them everything's working together for their good. They're rejecting God and they're, they're, they're doing their own thing. The promise is for followers of Christ. If you're his son or his daughter, yes, claim that verse. Believe that all things are working together in your life. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord, that promise is for you. All things are promised to work together for good in your life for those who love the Lord for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, so in that, I just want to encourage us that we are in our days that we live in, and we've read this about the Apostle Paul, Paul was believing that what God was doing in this moment was bigger than him. What God was doing in this time of affliction was bigger than him or any of his companions. He says God was using this to cause us to stop relying on ourselves and trust in him, rely on him alone. Now, sometimes when we are listening to the voice of God, I mentioned a moment ago, it will keep us from trouble. But I'm here to tell you this morning, and the Apostle Paul in our anchor verse makes it clear, I believe as, as a man of God, him and his companions were trying to do what God wanted them to do, and yet they experienced great affliction. Can I tell you that sometimes when you follow God, he leads us into difficult situations. I didn't expect a lot of amens or thank you Jesus on that. But, but that's the way it is. God will. God was leading Paul and his companions, and they got into a tough place. They were afflicted so desperately they felt like they were at the point of death, and yet God was in it. Can God do that? Would God do that? Absolutely. And, and so here's something that I feel God's been speaking to my heart that I want to share with you this morning and kind of build on it as we go. If you are a child of God, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, let me just encourage you right now that if you're in a tough spot, if you're walking through a difficulty, don't mistake the reality of your difficult place or your circumstance. Don't mistake that for, for God not leading you. Sometimes God leads us into places that are hard. Sometimes God leads us into places that are difficult. And he does it for his purposes. It's for our good. He's growing us. He's doing a work in us. But it's his, for his glory. And we see that here. Paul is saying that in our anchor verse. He is saying that God allowed it so that we would stop relying on ourselves and start relying on him more. So, so my encouragement in this as we continue on, I want you to turn to the book of Exodus, and I want to show you back in the book of Exodus how the Lord sometimes will lead us into a difficult situation. The children of Israel, if you might know, and maybe you're not aware, they got into a tough spot. They had been in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years, and now they're being led out of bondage in Egypt. God is leading them through his leader Moses and in this process there's been so many things that have happened to lead up to where they are now but finally the Pharaoh says you can go go out of here and worship God your God the way that you'd like 
And so on their way, we studied over the last several weeks how that the Lord protected and watched over them as they began to leave the bondage in Egypt. But then the Lord speaks to them. This is Exodus chapter 14. And, and the Lord speaks to Moses. In fact, the Bible says the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pihathara uh, between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal Zephon, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. So what I want you to notice is not the big words that are hard to pronounce. What I want you to notice is the Lord tells them where to go and where to camp. There were other ways that the, that the children of Israel could have fled Egypt. And they were headed that way. And the Lord says, tell them to turn back and go where I tell them to camp. Now, where he tells them to camp is not a good place. They're facing the Red Sea. And many of us are excited to get to that part of the story of the Exodus where the, the waters part, the Red Sea parts. It's going to be powerful, and we'll get there, okay, as a group. We'll get there and unpack that. So now they're camping there. They've got the Red Sea in front of them. Remember, God told them to camp here. And then they've got rough terrain on each side of them. Moses is leading probably over a million people. And as they're camped in this area, now the, the, the Lord is going to do something that we would think is unheard of. Now he is basically going to send the Egyptian army, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, to come after them. And the Egyptian army is coming, the, and the Pharaoh feeling as though they are going to destroy all of the people of Israel, right? So if you keep reading here, the Bible says, as they were told to camp by the sea, the Lord's still speaking to Moses. He says, for Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel. He's going to tell this of the people of Israel. They are wandering in the land, and the wilderness has shut them in. They have nowhere to go. Like shooting fish in a barrel. This is going to be easy. And, and, and that's the way the Pharaoh feels about it. That's the way his, his messengers, his, his folks that are bringing information to him are, are talking to him. This is an opportunity for us to destroy the people of Israel and all the damage they brought to us. And remember, God told them where to go and camp. God put them in this difficult spot where there seems there's no escape as they wander around in the wilderness shut in or wandering around in this land shut in by the rough terrain in the Red Sea and listen what God continues to tell Moses he says and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts if you're one to take notes or mark in your Bible underline that the Lord says I will get glory over Pharaoh I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts. You see, would God allow us to be in tough situations to teach us to rely on him and him alone? Absolutely. Why would he allow us to get into difficult circumstances? Why would he lead us into those things at times so that he alone is glorified in our lives? He was going to be glorified for the children of Israel. He was going to be glorified over this Pharaoh who, who acted like a God, who thought himself a God, who wanted the people to look at him as God. And, and the Lord says, I'm going to glorify myself over him. 
I will show the people, all of the hosts and the Pharaoh. I will exalt, exalt myself above Pharaoh and all of the hosts. And the Egyptians shall know. Continue to read there. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. See, the Lord allows difficult things in our lives sometimes so that he's glorified. So that we stop depending on ourselves and looking to stuff and things. And, and we have to look to him alone. And he shows up. God always shows up for his people. I say God always shows up for his people. I've seen it proven time and time and time again in my life, and many of you are witnesses of it as well. And so the Bible says that they did so. The people of Israel, they turned and went and camped exactly where God told them. I'm going to skim some of this down through here for the sake of time, but you can follow along. It says, When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, What is this that we have done? Why did we let them go? And so they start rounding up all of their, their warriors and getting their chariots ready, gathering all their weapons, and they pursued the people of Israel all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and they overtook the people of Israel encamped at the sea, right where God told them to camp. It's almost like God set them up. It would appear in our eyes like God has them trapped. God has, has brought them to a place that is impossible. It's certainly impassable. But how many of you know our God specializes in impossible situations the things that are made that are impossible with men the bible says are made possible by god the one who raises the dead the apostle paul said and so god has a plan we know that and so the bible says when pharaoh drew near the people of israel lifted up their eyes and behold the egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly remember our year's theme is do not be afraid we don't need to be afraid, but they were afraid, and rightfully so in the natural. They saw they're trapped, and now Pharaoh and his army is bearing down on them. There is no hope. There is no way of escape but God. There is no way out for them but God. And they were terribly afraid. And the Bible says they cried out to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, what do you do when things are tough in your life? What do you do when situations are closing in around you, when it feels the darkness is closing in around you? Do you reach for the bottle? Do you reach for unhealthy relationships? Do you grab your porn? Do, do, do you reach out for things that try to satisfy the flesh or things that will take your mind off of the tough situation? Or do we cry out to God, the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that is at work within us? Do we call out to the God who can raise the dead? Listen, I believe in the power of prayer. How about you? I believe God, our God, the one we pray to, he can do all things. You say, yeah, but pastor, I don't know. You, you, don't, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how bad the situation is. I don't know how bad your situation is, but I know how great our God is. If you're a child of God, if you are his son or daughter, you've trusted him, you've placed your life in his hands, he, if he brought you to it, he is faithful to bring you through it. I think that's a point in the outline. I may be jumping ahead here. Yeah, number two, look at that. If God leads you to it, be confident that he will lead you through it. I'm so far off the outline. We're just flowing here, folks, as we feel the Lord lead us. Number one, I did say that one, though, didn't I? 
that, that, if, that God will sometimes lead us or allow us to be in difficult situations so that he alone is glorified. If you miss that, go back and, and make sure you catch that. You see, God is glorified in difficult situations. I, I met with a guy this week who was telling the early service. My heart was broken for him great man a friend of mine a good friend I love this guy came to me a couple years ago about some decisions he was making all of it on the up and up him and his wife trying to make godly decisions made a decision that all of a sudden now has gone south it's just not working out they prayed about it they sought the Lord now it seems like everything's falling apart maybe you've been in those kind of situations before he comes in my office we had a little bit of small talk and I could tell his heart was devastated he sat there and he just began to cry, talking to me. He said, Pastor, he said, help me. I, I don't know. He said, help me understand why God would allow this. We prayed. We prayed with you. We sought God. We felt like this was God's plan. And now this, it feels like everything's falling apart. We're in a really, really bad spot. We're in a really, really difficult spot. Why? Why would God allow this? Why would God do this? My heart was broken with him. I hurt with him. I cried with him. I said, man, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, what, a, what a blessing for a pastor to not feel like he has to have all the answers, right? I don't know. Why? But I did say, I believe that maybe what God is doing through this is wanting to grow you and your wife and mature you and do a work in you and through you and maybe, maybe he does that at times by us moving in our level of maturity and growing in Christ's likeness to where we stop asking, why is this happening? And we begin to ask maybe the more spiritually mature question, and that is, what is God doing in the midst of this? It may not be why, 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 but what? What, what God are you working? God, what are you working in me? What are you developing in me and growing in me and helping me to become through this difficult situation? God, what, in what way are you going to glorify your name through this difficult situation? In what way will you receive all the glory and all the honor? Because, friends, at the end of the day, just write this down. It's not all about you. It's all about him. He allowed these things, even led the people of Israel into a dangerous difficult impossible place why so that he alone would be glorified Paul in our anchor verse in 2 Corinthians God was glorified as the people Paul and his companions began to rely less on themselves and more on the Lord God was glorified you see there's our young adults here at the church I, they don't always like it when I do this but I try to use some of their stuff you know their lingo their try to use some of their phrases stuff like that I try to be all, you know relevant with our young adults and, and I've been catching something they've been saying lately when there's drama among the youth or drama among the young adults or drama with whoever how many of you know it's not just youth and young adults that have drama and I heard one of them say the other day, they said, well, you know, he just needs to learn he's not the main character. <laughs> All right, then. He needs to learn he's not the main character. You know, <laughs> we do get focused on ourselves, don't we, in life, and we think we're the main character. And we've been conditioned, and we've been told we're, we're the main character in our story. But let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, you're not the main character. God is I said God's the main character in your story 
Now, now you're a supportive role. I'm a supportive role to the main character. And I, what, what my role is, my purpose is to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my goal. That's my purpose. That's your purpose. People ask me oftentimes as a pastor, what's my purpose in living? What's my purpose in life? And I know people want real specific answers, but I've got an answer for you. The reason you are here is to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter what kind of job, where you live, what neighborhood you're in, or geographically where you're at. It doesn't matter a lot of things we get stuck on. What matters is that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're bringing glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the main character. Everything about me should point to him. It's not about me being seen or known. It's about him being made famous throughout the earth and I'm going to tell you something here his name was glorified and you're going to see how it was glorified but let me just let me just tell you something here the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh who would be looked at as the president or the king or whatever you want to look at he he was the man and he thought he was the man and he wanted people to worship him as though he were the man right and the Lord is making clear in this moment I'm going to be glorified above even this man who thinks he knows it all and can do it all and is in charge. You see, he perhaps was even trying to teach Pharaoh, the Pharaoh in this moment, stop trusting in yourself and start trusting in me. Stop trusting in the things you've created and, and tried to establish and start trusting in me. God was merciful even to him and the Egyptians at times, calling them to himself that he would be exalted above all else. Do you know that the Lord holds the hearts of kings in his hands? Our God is in control. Let me just encourage you. You don't have to be afraid. God, God spoke and, 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 and did things that would, that would cause the king to, to soften his heart. And then he spoke and did things that even caused the king to harden his heart. But God was in control of it all. You don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid. In our days that we're living in, it seems like things are dark and cold around us. We don't have to be afraid, church. The Lord is with us. You might be in a situation this morning like the children of Israel or, or like the Apostle Paul, and you think, this is bad. This is really bad. This is a bad situation. So, like the fellow that met with me this week. Let me tell you this. God specializes in bad situations. God shows up when we look and say, there is no way. He shows up and says, I am the way. When, when, when the doctors look and say there's no hope, the Lord shows up and says, I am hope. You're not following me. When the marriage counselor comes in and says, you guys, this ain't going to work. The Lord comes in and says, I'm the wonderful counselor and I do all things well. See, the Lord speaks and we need to learn to listen to what he's telling us and respond accordingly.